like to read other people's top lists of whatever year, year-end lists. Yeah, I think you can learn a lot about a person, you know, finding out what stood out to them over the course of 12 entire months. Yeah, me too. I, I like to find the things that I've missed. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's especially the case this year because <laughs> it's been so crazy and busy. Yeah. You know, I've got to count on my eclectic friends to keep me abreast of what's happening musically. Yeah. Well, and for me, it's like kind of the opposite, or at least just for this year. And I think last year too, the pandemic has made me lean more heavily on like jazz and ambient music. And so I miss kind of the more like popular, not that I necessarily listen to like very popular music, you know, even the more uh, popular singer songwriters of the indie world. I miss those sometimes. So yeah, it's good to catch up on everyone's lists. So today for our high fidelity game, should we do our top five of 2021? I think we should. It is January. It is. Yeah. It's good to reflect (laughs) on the previous year. (laughs) I mean, I got to admit, coming off of 2020 and 2021, There was a lot of energy, a lot of emotions and experiences to be processed through music. So I think it's important that we review all of the really awesome things that came out last year. Yeah, I make a long list usually every year and we don't want to take all day. So maybe we'll just focus on our top five of 2021. But do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll cook it off. Okay, awesome. Why not? (laughs) All right, I will happily kick things off. So these aren't in any particular order, okay? I'm far too indecisive to rank things. (laughs) It was hard enough thinking about what my top five would even be. But I'm going to kick it off with Tyler, the creator. Call me if you get lost. And I'm starting with this one because... You know, full transparency, I'm still pretty green with Tyler, the creator. You know, I'm not that familiar with his previous work. And he's got like six albums, which is completely wild to me. (laughs) So this is really kind of like a standalone review, um, experiencing the full album. So the setup is pretty neat. He's assuming this character named Sir Baudelaire, right? The sophisticated gentleman who's traveled the world and he's showing off his extravagant jet-setting lifestyle, right? He's taking us on this wild trip, which is something that you see pretty frequently in hip-hop, right? All these different aliases and characters and whatnot. So I, I love that concept just off the bat. So what's, what's cool about this album is that it features DJ dramas, signature drops, and shout-outs throughout the entire album, And for those of you who aren't familiar with DJ Drama, he is a record executive and a popular mixtape DJ, particularly his series Gangsta Grills. So this series featured some pretty big hip hop names like Lil Wayne, Gucci Mane, Ludacris. So the story goes that 10 years ago, Tyler, the creator, tweeted how badly he wanted a Gangsta Grills tape. So this album is that dream come true. I think is pretty, pretty cute. That is cool. Yeah. So the way I like to enjoy this album is just as one continuous experience from start to finish. There are definitely some high points and some grooves that I get pumped about, but I haven't bothered to attach them to any track names, you know? Yeah. It's kind of counted as like part of the journey. (laughs) Right. Like a mixtape. Exactly. Precisely. Like a mixtape. Yeah. Um, 
But it's really cool how he's interlaced this fictitious escapade with Sir Baudelaire, you know, with moments of real reflection about his career thus far, you know? I think he's kind of had some scandal in his past with uh, lyrical content and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this structure, it really helps, allows him to show off his storytelling first and foremost, which is definitely his strong suit, right? And um, it keeps those introspective moments from feeling like too solemn or self-indulgent, you know? And so yeah. you stay with him the whole time. Yeah. So musically, musically, the, the album does the most, I have to say. I mean, he's all over the place. He does electropop to jazz to soul, but it's all really groovy and the tracks are pretty short, you know? And he's got some cool features like Lil Wayne and Pharrell. And he's got like these little sketches and skits mixed in there. So, you know, it keeps the pace pushing along. Yeah. You know, I see this as one that I've missed this year because I really enjoyed his last album, Igor. And then the one before that, Flower Boy, I liked. But I haven't listened to this one yet. Um, Oh, yeah. Is it very different from Igor? So again, I haven't heard the entire Igor album, but so I don't I don't really know if I could masterfully speak on that. Gotcha, yeah. But I, I think it's a fantastic piece of work. I mean, one thing I do know, he won a Grammy for that album, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he won a Grammy for Igor. And I mean, we know that like sometimes that sort of thing can completely rattle an artist because they've got all this pressure built up now to like make the follow-up really explosive. Yeah. <laughs> um But what I can say about this album as a standalone piece of work is that it's clear that this is an artist who knows who he is, you know, and he's in full control of his musical narrative. And I I respect that a lot. So, yeah, I wonder if something like that does rattle someone like Tyler, the creator, who's kind of been in the game for a while at this point. And and yeah, like you said, knows knows himself and, you know, Mm -hmm. his what he wants to do and what he what he has done and kind of, yeah, I just, I guess I wonder, does something like winning a Grammy rattle you? I think an artist like Tyler, the creator, he probably doesn't really care that much about these sort of industry accolades. You know, he's, he's clearly just on his own journey, carving out his own path and not looking in any other direction but ahead. So um, maybe he's just not to be rattled. Clearly he's not, because I think this album is super rad. All right, so cool. our homework, my homework is to listen to his previous studio albums, and your homework is to listen to this one. This one, yes. I will. I shall do it. Mm-hmm. So you, you right. these aren't ranked, so this could be like your number three or something. Yeah, yeah <laughs> not ranked. Okay. Can't make those kinds of hard decisions. <laughs> I freak out. Okay. So next on my list, I have Moses Sumney, live from Black Alasha. Yes, ma'am. So I absolutely adore Moses Sumney as soon as he hit the scene. I think he is poised to be one of the great vocalists of our generation or just musician. I mean, he does it all. He's proficient with instruments and songwriting. He's an all-rounder and I think he's going to be legendary. So he has opened for lots of major artists like James Blake, which is how I discovered him originally, and Solange Knowles and Sufjan Stevens which, come on, that's already some pretty awesome creative company to keep, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So for this live album, 
We're kind of cheating here since we get some tracks from both of his previous studio albums, A Romanticism and Grey, which are both fantastic. If you haven't checked them out, you totally should. And it also, it's a feature-length concert film, which Moses Sumney also directed, his directorial debut. Ooh. Yeah, it's super cool. And it's filmed in the Blue Ridge Mountains, not too far from us. Interesting. Yes. So you can see this film on YouTube. It is, it's so visually compelling. It completely matches his musical aesthetic, right? He's like dancing around in the fields and it's all green and lush everywhere. <laughs> so if you can, if you can experience the album, if you've never heard it before, you can experience through the film and kind of get that, that double whammy effect, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So his music, of course, is really electronic, but the arrangements for the band are just out of this world. They're spectacular. They're as enjoyable as the originals. They have more of a, a rock edge. It's just, it's a fun experience visually and aurally. Highly recommended. Cool. I absolutely loved Aromanticism, and I 100% agree with you. He's definitely going to be one of those great artists that we go back and, and even the younger generation will go back and explore further, like maybe D'Angelo or someone like that um, with just a beautiful voice and great message. He's, he's definitely one to remember for a long time. Yeah, his technical ability is just insane. Like every once in a while, you'll have an artist hit the scene who just whose talent transcends whatever genre or whatever yeah. labels you put on them. I think Moses Sumney is that dude, right? Like you put any video of him performing live on for anyone, you cannot not fall in love with his amazing acrobatic yeah. voice. Cannot right? not get chill bumps when Can you listen not, to not, <laughs> not not get chill bumps from his voice. Yeah. So good. So good. I love that there's a even a, a video mm -hmm. that you mentioned that goes along with this release. That's cool. And it's really a smart idea. I'm sure he was cognizant of like, you know, the, the pandemic and just wanted to give something to the fans so they could really dig in and experience the music in a yeah. different way. Especially during 2021. It's a great idea. Good one. I haven't heard this one either, but also I kind of avoid, this is terrible of me. I don't listen to live recordings that much. Really? Why is that? Uh, I think because I want to save the live experience for actually being live. Okay. <laughs> I feel you. I don't know. Uh, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> now the truth is coming out. <laughs> but, but I do. I don't know why I do that. I mean, I just do that. Who knows? You don't have any favorite live albums then? Ever? I do have. We've, you know, we've talked about favorite live albums in the store before. Um, and my favorite one is Donny Hathaway live. Oh, nice. But that's like one of those that I would never be able to see live. So I think that's kind of one of those things for me. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, you know what we've talked about is Bjork live. And I just bought tickets to see Bjork <gasps> in I'm Miami. So I did it. for you. I did that's it. That's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's going to be finally. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Finally. Oh, but I feel like he, he fits in with the Bjork thing as well. Sort of one of those legendary singers, but also really makes what he does kind of his own. Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. Like Bjork. Well, think of it this way. We couldn't have followed him into the Blue Ridge Mountains to witness this performance live. So you're, you're totally off the hook and you should watch it. 
That's very true. I will do that. I will watch it and listen to it. Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, next. I love this one. Imdu Mokhtar, Afrique Victime. Which uh, doesn't sound as cool in my terrible Midwestern accent, but, you know. Anyway, have you, have you heard of Imdu Mokhtar? Yes, I have. Yes. Um, and I always said Modu Mokhtar, which is not correct either. That's okay. So, I'm sure he would forgive us. I like you. I like your take on it. <laughs> but I checked in an interview. I heard him say his name himself. It is Imdu. Imdu Mokhtar. Nice. Okay. Imdu Mokhtar. Yeah, so it, this new album, Afrique Victime, it's this amazing fusion of psychedelic rock and traditional Tuareg guitar music. So he's originally from Niger, and the Tuareg is a nomadic people of the Central and Western Sahara. And it's just, it's, it's a, a fantastic marriage of these, two, of these two driving, you know, very rhythmic kind of songs, you know? Um, yeah. What I love about him, he's, he has such a pure spirit and you can tell he makes music just because it's a joyful thing to do and it makes other people happy. He tells a story about um, how when he was young, his family disapproved of electric, electric music. So he built his own guitar with wood and bicycle cables. How's that for tenacity? That, yeah, that's passion right there. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, as soon as you start this record, have you heard the album, by the way? I haven't. Oh, yay. Okay, this is great. So the first track, (laughs) I mean, it is this powerful opening track that just immediately sweeps you away with this driving rhythm, you know, and um, all of the music is really joyful, but the album is absolutely a commentary on uh, the violence and the political unrest that's been happening in Niger recently. You know, it was written while Niger was, you know, they were dealing with the pandemic like everyone else and also under the control of Boko Haram. Um, if you're interested to hear more about that, there's there's this companion documentary about the making of the album on YouTube, and it's only about, I think it's under 10 minutes, actually. But they discuss how difficult it was to perform and promote the album under those circumstances. Wow. Yeah. So this this album was absolutely a labor of love. Yeah, but the music is just so, it's got so much like kinetic energy in it. You just feel it. He does this thing with where the tracks have like a subtle increase in speed as they go along. And it's almost imperceptible. But like by the time you get to the end, you're like in this sort of like frenzied (laughs) dance, you know, groove state, right? Yeah. And it kind of pushes you into this euphoric state. It's it's really, really cool. The effect that the music has. It sounds really cool. Yeah. And the band is great live. So it's it's sort of a blend of electronic music, but also the acoustic guitar jazz elements as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, cool. It's very it's very instrument forward. Gotcha. Yeah, you should you should check them out live. They've got some really good performances um, on YouTube. You can you can just tell by seeing the people in the video and and the vibe you get just from the video that it'd be really magical to witness them in person in person. So nice. I hope to have that chance one day because I think they're great. That sounds cool. I'm definitely going to listen to that one. It sounds actually very much up my alley. Yes, I think you'll enjoy it. I heard he puts on a really good live show too. Amazing. Yeah, just just watch it on YouTube and you can just feel the magic coming through the screen. It would be great to be able to witness it in person someday. Yeah. 
I think they recently played in Atlanta. Stop it. And I missed it. No, yeah. I think at Variety Playhouse. Oh, you know what? I did know about that because that was actually right before I discovered him. And I was doing some research online and and saw that he passed through the city and was really bummed about that. That's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. September 4th, 2021. Oh, so close. Yeah. Dang. Missed it. Well, at least he came. That means he'll probably swing back through and then I'll be there. For sure. For sure. (laughs) We won't miss it next time. All right. Next up, we're going to take kind of an intense shift here to Kings of Convenience, Peace or Love. One more time. Let's say you give me one more time. Oh yeah. I forgot that that came out this year. I was so happy to see this album. I and I didn't know they had a new release. I mean, they haven't released an album in like over a decade. No. <laughs> so it was the perfect surprise. Like I need I needed Kings of Convenience right about now after the last couple of years more than ever. And uh they they're amazing. They are back. They're in peak form. You can close your eyes and be whisked away to a happy field of poppies and sunshine and puppies running <laughs> everywhere. Cuz I need that in my life right now, okay? After yes. 2021, I want to close my eyes and be taken to a happy place. This music definitely does that. They have a feature from Feist, another artist who I'm missing quite desperately these days. Me too. So it was good to hear her voice. Um, they have a song on the album called Ask for Help. And it goes, uh, if you have the will to do it, but don't have the skill to do it good, ask for help. And I feel personally called out by this entire <laughs> song. <laughs> so I'm trying to make that my mantra for 2022. Ask for help. It's okay. It's just so soothing. Like, I don't even need a therapist anymore. I will just put on this Kings of Convenience album. Man, I loved Quiet as the New Loud, like, obsessively when it came out in the early 2000s. And then, of course, the one right after, right on an empty street, which features Feist again. They must be buddies with Feist or something. It makes sense. That's a fun friendship. I'd like to be part of that. (laughs) A fly on the wall for that friendship. Yeah, that whole like Gonzalez Feist. Uh, what was the band that had like all of the people on the stage that were all yes. in other bands? I'm hearing the song playing in my head. Broken social scene. Yes, broken social yeah. scene. You're good. It was like they're all really great uh, singer songwriter band people all combined, and it was is a fun time. Yeah, good stuff. My favorite Kings of Convenience song of all time is "The Weight of My Words." And um, they had that Versus album in 2001 that had all the remixes on it. And they had a remix of that tune, which I really liked. And also um, Gold for the Price of Silver. They just have such such lovely songs, sweet harmonies and gentle guitars. Yeah. It's just my jam right about now. Yeah, plus, I mean, really anything that Erland Oye, and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right at all, but it seems like anything he touches is pretty amazing. Dentel... He worked with The Whitest Boy Alive. He was part of that. Royksop. They even have a video for the single, and that also is really soothing and relaxing. They're just kind of futzing about this beautiful loft space, cutting fruit and watering their flowers and their plants. (laughs) And I'm like, I want to go to there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I need to watch that. Yeah. 
That's great. I love that you included that. I completely forgot that that came out this year. Now I have to listen to it again. Oh man, I'm hitting you with with some fresh music. Right? You are, you yeah, are. I mean, I, I have listened to this album. I just totally forgot that it came oh, out okay. this year. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right. thank you. So, my last one. So I know I said I didn't put these in any particular order, but this one might be my best album of the year, just outright. Nice. Is British artist Laura Mvula in her album Pink Noise. Are you familiar with this one? No, I don't know okay. this one either. I adore Laura Mvula. So she's another amazing all-rounder, just a spectacular vocalist. She's like known for her really lush and complex vocal arranging and, and harmonizing. She plays instruments. She's a composer. Like she just does all of the things and does them all well. And you can really hear like her influences come through her arrangements and her voice. Like you can hear Nina Simone and Ella Fitzgerald and Grace Jones. Like she's totally got a, fu a fusion of all those those vibes. Cool. Fantastic style. Yeah. That sounds amazing. Yeah. So this is her third studio album. It's just fun. I was trying to think of like the perfect word to describe this record, and it's just fun. Every single track is super groovy, danceable. There are no skips on this one. She's giving you funky, theatrical, pretty. I mean, she just takes you through the full gamut of emotions. Cool. I love how it also says on her wiki page, um, saying it took three years of waiting and waiting and fighting and dying and nothingness, and finally, an explosion of sound. For this album? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, you know, I mean, she's been through a lot, right? She um, was unceremoniously dropped by her label after her Ugh. second album. So just to be able to, like, pick yourself up and dust yourself off and then get in the booth and push this out, like, that's that's pretty triumphant, I'd say. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar with her at all whatsoever. I got to listen to it. Oh, she's, she's lots of fun. I think you'll like this album. Um, because you are a master of ceremonies for the dance floor. I think you'll appreciate <laughs> <laughs> appreciate her rhythms and such. I mean, the album really is a love letter to the 80s. Well, I love the 80s. Right, you love it already. But it's not derivative or, or like stale sounding. She like finds a way to reference those instruments and, and rhythms that we perceive as being 80s. Yeah. And like makes it fresh and modern and like even futuristic Ooh. somehow. Interesting. Yeah, she's and she's rocking the keytar on stage and everything. She's just, she's badass. Oh, yeah. Cool. I can't wait to listen to this one, especially the, since this one is your top. You've mentioned a lot of people that I, I really like, and I have heard before, like Tyler the Creator, Kings of Convenience, uh, Moses Sumney. I mean, and I have heard M. Du Mokhtar before, but all the others, I love them. So if you're saying this is your top of the list for 2021... I'm sure it's going to be great, and so I, I'm excited to listen to it. Yay. You'll have to tell me what you think. We'll exchange notes. I will. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right. Well, that's my list. Good list. My humble little list. I can't wait to hear what you've got. I'm going to take some notes. I'm sure you've got some, some fresh sounds for me. Oh, fresh. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, I guess it's fresh. They are fresh because of 2021, but... You always do. Yeah, it's, a like I said, an interesting <laughs> year for me, and same for last year, where I was really comforted by 
nostalgia, number one, and jazz and ambient music. So I listened to a lot of 90s music this year, and I even kicked off like a, a Twitch stream of 90s music. So I was listening to a ton of 90s music. But of course I did, I was able to squeeze in a bunch of 2021 music, but I have to say in my top five, it is a lot of jazz and ambient. So yeah, hopefully you are into that kind of thing. I, I, f- I don't know. The, the, it was just so soothing, you know, in a time of absolutely chaos and uncertainty and just a lot was happening, a lot for us to process. And on top of that, I was just probably my most busy. I was very busy um, just with my other job outside of the record store and, you know, everything else, my hobbies, um, DJing and making music and whatnot. So listening to jazz and ambient music was just kind of a soothing relief from all of the noise. All right. So I will jump in and mine are definitely in order, listed order here. It was very difficult because I had a lot of top albums, but I chose what I think I listened to the most. So it should be a true top five. And I'm going to kick it off with Atlanta darling, Faye Webster. Um, this is her her 2021 album, I'm Funny Haha. <laughs> have you heard this one yet? I have not. So Faye Webster is an indie folk musician, singer, songwriter based in Atlanta, Georgia. I believe she was signed to like more of a hip hop label when she first started out. But she's, you know, so, so very talented, incredible songwriter. Her lyrics are so real sometimes. I think a lot of people could definitely relate to a lot of her subject matter that she sings about. For example, there's a song called A Dream with a Baseball Player. And I think it's about having maybe like a crush on one of the Atlanta Braves baseball players. (laughs) (laughs) But she says, the chorus is, how did I fall in love with someone I don't know? But she's talking about in this dream how she's like, how am I supposed to ever be with him when I don't even speak the same language? But we have conversations in my head. I don't know. I just think that, (laughs) you know, we can all kind of relate to something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I just feel like this album is very genuine, um, very real, very honest, very maybe kind of funny, self-deprecating at times. And then, of course, it's very beautiful because she does this sort of really quiet, simple, pretty instrumentation, guitar, indie sort of folk songs, even maybe a little R&B elements, too. But Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm definitely going to check this out. Yeah. Because she's local, though. Have you have you ever seen her live? Or I have seen her live. But what's crazy is I've never seen her in Atlanta live. Really? I used to work with her brother. Oh, no, I still work with her brother. He he moved to New York, which is why I said I used to work. I still work with him, but I like never see him. Like I used to see him all the time, and now I never see him. But he's a designer and designed the album artwork, and she has some like really great <laughs> merch. She has a uh, croc gibbets. That say haha, they're like little red dots, and they say haha, like the album art. You said croc gibbets. Croc gibbets, yeah. You know the shoes, Crocs. 
What is what is gibbets? gibbets. I know Crocs. Gibbets are like <laughs> the charms that you can put on a Crocs. Oh, this is like a whole subculture yeah. I've never yeah. heard of before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Croc decorating. Croc decorating. Yeah. Check it out. This is a great album. <laughs> I'm funny. Ha ha. All right. Okay. And that's really about the only vocals you're getting out of this list. <laughs> okay. So number four is Nala Sinefro space 1.8. Um, have you heard of Nala Sinefro? I have. Oh, cool. Yay. She is a London-based composer and harpist. And this album is like super restorative to your soul. Ambient jazz, perfect for the crazy year of 2021. It is spacey, a lot of soft electronics, her sort of swirling harp sounds. Again, those sort of spacey elements that take you to otherworldly places and then of some uh, elements of na nature kind of sprinkled throughout. And then on top of that, on top of her own talent and just making this amazing album of songs, it includes a lot of really cool people who I love who are part of this UK jazz scene like Emma Jean Thackeray, uh, Nubia, uh, Nubia Garcia, and then the percussionist from Sons of Kimmet, Edward Wakili Hick. But yeah, I think that this album is going to go down as like one of those great classic jazz records that everyone should have in their collection. So Tara, I'm extra excited about this recommendation <gasps> because you know I'm currently having a custom harp built. Oh, right. So I'm, I need all of the harp vibes <laughs> in my life. Oh my gosh. Yes. Tell us about that. I am having a 6-6 six, six whole tone chromatic harp built for me for the holidays. And I'm so excited. So I have been immersing myself in some good harp music. So this is this is definitely going to be loaded up this evening after work. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. Check it out. It's very soothing. Um, I actually had another harp player in my list from last year, which was Brandy Younger and Desron Douglas. He plays bass. But it was it was a COVID pandemic virtual series they put on from their living room and made an album of it. And it was one of my favorites. I listened to it so much last year, 2020. But you would love that one too. Brandy Younger and Desron Douglas. That's awesome. So exciting. I can't wait till you get that thing and you make music like this too. I will try. I will practice <laughs> and perform something specially for you. Nice. All right. Number three. Number three is... The Wind of Things by M. Sage and the Spinnaker Ensemble. M. Sage was actually a visitor in the store and talked about um, music documentaries. But he's a Chicago-based composer, producer, label owner, publisher, and also teaches film studies or something like that in Chicago. Excellent guy. This album, The Wind of Things, another album that M. Sage put out, another project that he had called Fubutsushi. All of his his projects he, he released in 2021 ended up on my top 
albums of 2021 list. This is just the top five. This one made it to the top five, but every single release that M. Sage touched this year has been in some way, form or fashion in my top albums of the year. He's just found a way to make the most peaceful, soothing, ambient jazz, if you want to call them new age at all records. And and they're just all so beautiful and so beautifully made. So I'm actually just going to read this little snippet from, I think this is from his band camp because it's just so perfectly described. Absent are the processed sounds and filters that have come to define Sage's work. The album finds Sage stripping away the synthesized sounds. The alchemy of his past work into oral gold, instead favoring an entirely acoustic and natural palette. So yeah, you get the sense here that this album is like very much about like nature and more of those acoustic sounds rather than these electronic fake sounds. And that's really what it is. There's a lot of field recordings straight from nature, but then you also get strings and horns and it's just this like harmonious adventure. I love it. I need it in my life. It's so pretty. It's so pretty. I love it so much. Standout track for me is Spinnaker on a Southerly because the outdoor sort of soundscape that he captures in that song reminds me of when I was young in Tennessee, you know, in the South, like jumping on the trampoline with my little brother. There's like crickets everywhere, breezy nights in my childhood, barefoot, running around, catching fireflies and just being a silly little girl in the South. That's sweet. It's so, so lovely. Highly, highly recommend. Really just type in M. Sage's name in Spotify or wherever and listen to every, or Bandcamp, and listen to every everything he's made. This past year especially. Yeah, it's so good. It. Yay. Awesome. And then, yeah, revisit our conversation about music documentaries because it's really great. Okay, moving on. That was number three. And we have even more ambient jazz. Bring it on. I'm loving it. (laughs) Okay, number two is called Notes with Attachments. And it is sort of a combo. It's an album by Pino Palladino and Blake Mills. Pino Palladino uh, is very well known in music history. Um, He's a prolific bassist from Wales. He's about 64 years old, which that's only interesting just because Blake Mills is only 35. And I just love this combination of these two guys who come together, who both kind of had session uh, musician past and just playing with and touring with many other bands and then come together and do this sort of really cool jazzy instrumental album. Uh, Pino Palladino played for The Who. He's toured with John Mayer Trio, Nine Inch Nails, Gary Newman, Jeff Beck, and even D'Angelo. So he's, you know, he's the ultimate bass player. The real deal, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's the real deal for sure. So talented. He's, he's amazing. So then Blake Mills, his sort of music history here is that he sort of started out with in this band called Simon Dawes, but then went on to tour as a touring guitarist for Jenny Lewis, Band of Horses, Cass McCombs, Julian Casablanca, lots of people like that. I think how they sort of linked up 
Pino Palladino and Blake Mills is that they were working on John Legend's album, Darkness and Light. And they created these songs from um, Pino Palladino's archive of musical sketches and then made these sessions over a short amount of time, I guess. But then this album, like I said, is an instrumental album, but it has elements of jazz and funk and Cuban influences. It kind of uh, goes in and out, meanders, floats around. There's, you know, tender, plucky guitar moments and bass elements, but there's also, you know, squeaky clarinet sounds and soothing saxophone elements. It's really cool, really cool album. This is a really great pick. How, how did you even discover this album? Uh, how did I discover this album? That's a good question. I'm in a little friend group on Slack where we are always on Fridays, we drop new releases. So I feel like it's probably that where we just are all like, okay, this came out today, this came out, we all listen to it. Sometimes we talk about it, sometimes we don't, but this is one that we are all like, oh my God, this is so good. Oh, that's cool. So yeah. I have that ongoing dialogue about great new music. Yeah, this yeah. is this is cool. Yeah. I'm excited to hear this one. Yeah, it's super good. Okay, last one. This one is epic. I mean, so, so epic. And it's another combo of two musicians that come together and just create this magical masterpiece. But it is the album Promises by Floating Points and Pharaoh Sanders. As you've probably heard of Pharaoh Sanders, he was part of John Coltrane's group in the 60s, and he's been a leader in tons of other bands. He worked with Leon Thomas, he worked with Alice Coltrane. Ornette Coleman has described him as probably the best tenor saxophone player in the world. So he is, you know, huge. Pharaoh Sanders, legendary. Floating Points, on the other hand, is Sam Shepard, who is this uh, British electronic music producer, DJ, musician, and he sort of came up with this musical composition and started working with Pharaoh Sanders on it. And this is the first major release that Pharaoh Sanders has had in over 20 years, which oh, is wow. just wild, right? I know. Yeah. And it also includes the London Symphony Orchestra. I should have said that earlier, but it's Floating Points, Pharaoh Sanders, and the London Symphony Orchestra. Okay, that sounds pretty epic, I gotta it say. It is <laughs> so epic. But so yeah, like I said, it's a single musical composition written by Sam Shepard, who is Floating Points, and then divided into nine movements. It starts really minimally and then has you know, these quiet moments and then giant, big orchestral swelling points. But has like hybrid electronic jazz elements as well. Hmm. That's interesting. It's it's so, so good. Again, I think this one is another one that's going to be one of those that should be found in record collections from here on out. Classic. You know what? I'm, I'm really glad you mentioned this one and this might... Even usurp my number one album of 2021 because I know it's going to be that good. Ugh. This was on my radar. I must have like read a review for it or it must have popped up on some kind of list that I'd, I'd seen online. Um, but for whatever reason, I never got to listen to it. So 
Yeah. Thanks for the reminder. No problem. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. And then you can even hear Sanders sort of singing on it too towards the end. Mm-hmm. It's it's incredibly moving, especially knowing that he hasn't put something out like this big in, 20, in over 20 years. Yeah, that's pretty epic. So cool. But yeah, that's my list. Very jazz heavy. I am impressed. <laughs> this is a solid, solid list. I like that the... The prevailing theme is peace. Yes. <laughs> Pretty and peaceful and natural. Soothing. Yeah. I'm so glad that you liked my list and that you're going to check out some of those albums. Every last one. <laughs> I'm excited to check out yours too. Yeah. Well, should we take a break and then come back and do our honorable mentions? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go uh, have a little smoke break, coffee break and come back. We are back from our break, and we are going to list some of our honorable mentions, our short lists, those that did not make it in our top five. Do you want to take a stab at yours first? You should go first this time. You were gracious enough to let me go first. Really? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what kind of limits there are here, but I'm just going to dive right in. It gets a little bit more interesting in my short list. A lot of electronic music and some indie but uh, Nicky Nair is one for sure to watch going forward. He put on uh, an EP called Liminal Soul. He's a friend. He's from my hometown, but also now lives in Atlanta. Nicky Nair, definitely check him out. Another electronic record that I really love this year is Biceps Isles. Excellent, excellent electronic album. Super groovy. Grouper Shade. I love everything Grouper puts out. Anything she touches, Liz Harris is so brilliant but also it's kind of like sad and dark in a way but related to grouper if you like grouper another one in my shortlist is Devin Schaffer and it's called in my dreams I'm there very similar to grouper but also has those same sort of like nature field recording uh field recorded sounds like M. Sage has included in that album that I mentioned such a good one um, where do I stop? There's so many. Okay, now I'm just going to list a bunch really fast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dry cleaning, uh, new long leg is what it's called. Lost Girls, which is uh, Jenny Haval. Oh, wait, it's it's uh, Lost Girls, Jenny Haval, Havard Volden. Meniske Collectivit <laughs> is the album. Hildegard, which is Helena Deland and Uri. John Carroll Kirby, Septet, Japanese Breakfast, Jubilee, Jane Weaver, Flock, Tirza, Color Grade, and Sam Gendel, Sam Wilkes, music for saxophone and bass guitar. Wow, that is, that's a that's, pretty intense <laughs> list. It's an intense list, <laughs> but a lot, of, a lot of different genres. You actually named a couple of other artists I checked out this year and loved, uh, the Tirza album. Yes. And then also Japanese Breakfast. I liked that one yes. as well. Yes. Yeah. The Tirza album, I loved Tirza and I felt like I loved how experimental she got with this record. Oh, yeah. It's so good. And I love her voice. She has such a, such oh, a so effortlessly yeah. soulful voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, she's great. Uh, Japanese Breakfast, the singer for Japanese Breakfast, Michelle Zahner, actually wrote a book and released it this year. Um, and it's a memoir and it's called Crying in H Mart. I would say that's one of the best books that I read all year too. Yeah. So her her book and her album made it into the top 2021 for me. That's super cool. 
Yeah, so cool. Okay, what are yours? Okay, well, I don't have quite as many. And I actually only had one, but you've inspired me to add a a couple to the list. (laughs) I just couldn't stop. Hey, I get it. I understand. You got to give you got to give props where props are due. If something really touched you this year, right? You got to shout it out. All right. So, my first um, honorary mention is, and I'll keep these short and sweet. Jasmine Sullivan, her album, oh, yeah. Hotels. That's H E A U X Tales. I love that Hotels. Um, she's just she's going to be another one of those legendary artists, one of the voices of our generation. She's got like the most insane set of lungs, set of pipes I've ever heard in my life. Um, A masterful lyricist, like it's almost like she's rapping, you know, she's so deft Mm -hmm. and can still hit those melodic lines and runs perfectly. Anyway, I'm rambling and I said, I'd keep this short. If you you want to check out (laughs) Jasmine Sullivan, I recommend starting with the single Pick Up Your Feelings. Fantastic song. As a matter of fact, Watch it on YouTube, like a live performance, because she really shines live. The kind of acrobatics she can do with her voice, oof, I'm telling you, it'll, it'll just blow your mind. She's fantastic. she's coming to she's coming to Atlanta soon, um, but tickets sold out so fast, yeah. and I'm hearing that's happening kind of across her tour. So I'm wondering if she's going to add any extra dates. In I'm between. not even shocked to hear that, but yeah, if there's a way to snag some tickets, I would love to see her. All right, another one. Fantastic hip-hop album. I'm going to keep it brief. This is Boldy James with Bo Jackson. Just listen to it. It's great. Trust me. Um, Also, Salt had an album out called Nine. This is a like a collaborative artist collective that releases albums occasionally. And this one mysteriously was only online for 99 days and then disappeared. Oh, what? In a shroud of mystery. But you can still listen to it on YouTube. (laughs) Where did it go? Why? Questions. I don't know. That was the stick. They were only going to let it stream and <laughs> exist on the internet for 99 days. So that's it. Oh, my goodness. And I think my last one is Lorraine. It's L apostrophe Rain. And yep. she has an album called Fatigue. And I don't even really know how to categorize this one in terms of genre. It's, I, I don't think it, I think it just transcends genre. It's just this sonic, it's like being in a sonic womb. It's just these yeah. pleasant gurgles and organic sounds pulling you to and fro. It's just, it's hard to explain clearly by my attempt to do so right there, but it's beautiful. Whatever it is she's got going on, it's gorgeous. And she um, just takes you on this super dreamy trip. Just check it out. Yeah, I've listened to that one. It's, it is really good. Isn't and cool? I should add that to my list of many as well. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Awesome. These are... Really, I love how many genres are across both of our lists and short lists as well. Yeah, we've got a little something for everybody. Yeah, I I agree. Um, But yeah, all in all, it was a really good year for music in 2021, despite all of the wild times we've all kind of been through. Yeah, but again, I think great art comes out of trying times, right? So I think we have a lot lot of good stuff to look forward to this year. Very, very, very true. All right. Well, that's it. I think we should close up the store because we are now here maybe a little too late. Thanks to all the customers for checking in and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Record Store Society is hosted by Natalie White and Tara Davies. 
If you'd like to contact the show, visit our website at recordstoresociety.com. Or you can find us on all your favorite social media sites with the handle at Record Store Society.